This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 71 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Back once again after town's nil-nil draw against Sheffield Wednesday. Needing some geniuses with uh, calculus to work out the end-of-season permutations. Myself and Cosy have brought in uh, Cowshed, a Baritone, uh, Dan Luciano, Pozzarotti, uh, Porritt and Brady Frost. And I'm um, delighted as well to be welcomed uh, by Huddersfield Town legend and uh, currently... He's in the York Station. Are you in York Station, don't it? <laughs> yeah. la- I knew you were. I could tell with architecture what a sad guy I am. Are you in York Train spotter. I am in York Station. What are you doing? Are you doing? York, mate? What, what are you doing now? We've Sign done seven, seven and a half miles. We've done seven and a half miles. We've walked from a, a suburb of York into the centre and we literally... It got to eight o'clock and I said to my friend, I've got my Zoom meeting, I've got to sign in. <laughs> and we're literally walking past the noisiest, we've been walking through fields, we've, we've been at one with nature, and here we are in York Station. Can you believe that? Well, basically, you've done a pub crawl through York, Danny, and now you've had enough because it's eight o'clock, you can't take your beer, that's what you're trying to say, innit? <laughs> Pretty much spot on to <laughs> We're going to say how many pints deep are we? So, so Dunny, we've got you for a short while, haven't we? So we'll we'll fire in with with you. So, what have you? Firstly, you did uh, a radio Leeds broadcaster with um, with Oggy. Uh, I think you were there for the Preston game. And uh, yeah. what? How did you find the um, the stadium? Do you know how how eerie it was? Maybe with how empty it was and how different everything was. Because obviously, as fans, we can't see what's going on behind. But just let us know how different it was um, as an experience was, for someone who's co commentating. I mean, to be brutally honest, when you're when you're on the radio, you, you know you you want to make it sound exciting, and it was hard work. I think if you spoke to Augie, he'd say the same thing. It's not the same with that. The foot, it's a cliche, but football is made by the fans. It really is, and and I think if ever there's been a period of time where where we've realised that, it's now. I think I think people always appreciate the fans. I certainly do as a player. They get something else out of you when they're on your side, and and I just felt. It, it was it was it was lacking in something, and the fans give you that extra whatever percentage that is. They give you that extra bit when they're on your side, and I felt during that game it was a little bit. It felt slow. It felt as if there wasn't. It, the players would tell you differently because they're working the socks off to try and save town. Most of them, and I just think it. it 
it felt a bit devoid of atmosphere. That that's that's how I would describe it. Devoid of atmosphere that you need to just get that extra bit to get you across the line. The game was it was so so. It was a tactical game where the manager clearly wanted to get a point, thinking that Luton coming up, you know, that would get you to the Holy Grail, or you know, in many seasons the Holy Grail. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It just wasn't the same. That that ultimately it wasn't the same. Do you think that's maybe why we're seeing a lack of goals at home? So we've not scored uh, since February 29th. So we've not scored since uh, uh, lockdown, since since we've started again after lockdown. Uh, do you think maybe the, the lack of crowd and uh, the atmosphere in the ground and, and maybe the players out of their comfort zone is has kind of contributed to what we've seen? Uh, obviously, the, the game against Luton was a, a really poor one as well. And... Uh, you know, at Sheffield Wednesday, the first sort of 20 minutes last night, we we played with a lot more freedom. You know, we were on the attack a lot more. We, Whereas, you know, against Preston and uh, Preston, as you say, was a tactical game. But against maybe Luton uh, after that, it seemed a little bit more of a fear factor um, that that came in. Do you think that's maybe affected the players as well? And, you know, especially mentally. It's, it's a, that's a really difficult conversation because you don't know what motivates the players I mean you know the motivation should be to stay up they, they need the points to stay up the manager has given them a certain direction that I, I still be, I maintain it me, me and Cosy spoke on, on Radio Leeds as, as he said that the manager had a, had a, a vision that he'll get a point against Reading he's got his point against Preston and beat Luton that it didn't materialise that way it didn't, it didn't we maybe didn't reckon on Luton coming for the three points as well. And it's changed everything a little bit. Time's running out for the other teams around us. Um, but the players' motivation must be to stay in that league. The, the manager's given them a certain direction, a certain um, challenge, I would imagine, to get a certain amount of points. I think Luton was a, not a step back. I don't, I don't think they expected to lose to Luton. I think they expected to, to beat Luton. And it didn't materialise. So now we're, we're in the mire a little bit. Um, it's still in their own hands, don't get me wrong. And a good point last night. But other teams around them are winning. Look at Middlesbrough. You know, Luton. Uh, it's going to be tough. Middlesbrough, uh, you would probably say, are safe now. 50 points is probably yeah. probably safe. So Town, a uh, couple, I think Town sit a couple behind. Uh, two games coming up, two tough games as well, because we've got West Brom at home. Yeah. West Brom, uh, second, you know, automatic promotion, still not assured. I watched West Brom uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, and they, they looked a little bit... Um, a little bit ponderous at times, a little bit nervous as well. So maybe that's something yeah. we can take advantage of. But the last game of the season, I was I was gutted when Millwall uh, beat Blackburn one 0 because that's put Millwall firmly in that top six hunt now. So they're probably going to be going for that on the last game of the season, and that again is going to be difficult. So it's not too hard to envisage a situation whereby Town might not get another point this season. Um, you know, the two games are very difficult. You know, we're very capable yeah. of doing so, but. You know, we've got to be prepared for that. Um, how do you see maybe this? Um, how do you maybe see this uh, transpiring and, and, and the season going? Obviously, I think most of us cling to the hope that we'll stay up. I think we'll just about sneak up. Wigan's twelve points is a a sad uh, sad day for football, but it might be necessary in in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely, I, I I popped on Twitter last night and it couldn't be tighter down there. It couldn't be tighter. Games are running out for teams around town, which is, I know this sounds quite sad, doesn't it? But we're kind of relying on other teams not 
getting the results that they need. Um, it is still in town's hands. Would you take two draws to get 50 points? Is, is 50 points going to be enough? Um, I've, I've looked at the table today. I haven't seen the results tonight, obviously. Is 50 points Charlton, enough? Charlton, uh, I believe, because Birmingham got a last-minute equaliser against Charlton. Good. I think it's finished. Here we go. Oof. Here we go. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> this is clever. It is, but he's put himself on mute so no one can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all so level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hull, Hull, Hull I look think, destined for the job. Yeah, Hull and Luton, obviously, on Saturday, I've been kind of discussing with a few people. I think it's best if that's a draw, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I agree. Then, then the last games of the season is Hull go to Cardiff, Luton play home to Blackburn, I think it is. <laughs> obviously, Wigan aren't factored in uh, to this. If you take 12 off them, I'm good at maths, aren't I? So You're 45. 45 yeah. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow, don't you? You heard it here first. Barnsley are going to go to Ellen Road and win. <laughs> nah, not going to happen. Not going to yeah. happen. No. I know you want it to happen. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds are flying out there, let's be honest. But Town, so yeah, 48, three points clear of Hull and Luton. Hull Luton play on Saturday. Yep, huge. But what about that last night? I watched that. I just thought I'd watched a oh. bit of this old Wigan game and it was incredible. They'd look like yeah. they'd given it up. I don't know if there's yeah. some problems or whether it can just, just be one of those things because I think didn't Brentford beat Birmingham on like eight or something the other year, but it was incredible. It's going to be hard to lift them from that, isn't it? That's- yeah. Well, they'll be lower than a snake's belly right now. They'll, they will be, they will not fancy playing Luton, who, let's be fair, have had some decent results in the last few weeks. Hull won't fancy that. Um, let's assume Luton win it. They'll be on 48 points. Who would have thought, though, that a minus 16 goal difference, because we never have a positive goal difference ever in the history of Huddersfield Town. That, that's <laughs> like, that's a good advantage for us, isn't it, really? Because yeah, it's it, it a mess. Yeah. It could make the difference. It really could. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Looking at that table there, a point, a point, a point in each of the last two games would be would probably be enough, wouldn't it? Yep, it would be. What, what did you, did you watch the Luton game, Ian? Sorry, Rick? Did you watch the Luton Town game? I didn't. I didn't, mate. I didn't know. Oh, you missed out on that. I mean, that that, that was really, really bad. I mean, questions were kind of posed about you know players' mentality. I mean, we see it be all right at stopping goals going in, but just anything going forwards, uh, just kind of a waste of time, really. It's yeah. Uh, I saw the highlight. There weren't many, not many highlights to going on. To be fair, no. it was one of them games where, but Luton have Luton have somehow picked picking results out. You know, we're doing all yeah. right. Um, and Town maybe didn't re- I didn't reckon on it reckon on it I honestly thought Danny Cowley had a, a plan in place that was coming to fruition where get the points against the tough team to Preston's um, and go into the Luton game thinking hey this is this this game will will save us beat Luton and we'll be saved we didn't reckon on Luton being you know half decent um, and getting the result so Donny, can I put some spin on it here? By the way, we're talking about a plan. Jamie Rayner has joined us, BBC legend. Jamie, we've just had the table up and we oh, had the nice. BBC one up as well, mate. We didn't want to let you down with Sky or anything. <laughs> so can I put some spin on it here? Got me Alistair Campbell hat on. So 28th of September, 2019, we'd played nine games. We'd won none. We'd drawn two. We'd lost seven. We'd have given anything to be in this position on the 28th of September, 2019. Do you think that it's a bit of spin or... Ultimately, when we do get to next Wednesday and we are safe, let's be positive. 
it's been a good job done. Is that to me? Yeah, I'm just trying to where we were, where we are. I think the problem is because we've come back so flat from the COVID break, it's like yeah. I'm just trying to make it sound better maybe than what it is. But I just thought we were done there, just as we come into October. We wouldn't start the next game. But yeah. we'd have given anything for where we are now. What we are as people yeah. shouting and um, I think I think the, the, the official line from, from the camp, the team team town, if you like, would have been you'd have took this, wouldn't you? We, we, you're rooted in October. Um, so, have, have they improved? Yes. They've got out of a, 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 a very sticky patch. And let's be brutally honest. If this time next week, Town is still in the Championship, or this time in two weeks' time, whatever, you've got to look back and think, well, actually, they've done the job. They've done what they needed to do. Because when they came in, Town were looking, for all the world, you just thought this is another Sunderland. This is another... You know, this is going to be a problem. If they can stay up, and I've maintained this all along, if they can stay up, they then get the chance to go again next year with with what you hope is going to be their their idea of football. And I, I liked it. I liked Lincoln, the way they played that night at Huddersfield. They played really well. And it wasn't luck. It wasn't fluke. They were a good team. And they'd been good for the previous 12 months. They were a team on the up. The manager clearly has an idea of how he wants to play. He was thrown in. So Huddersfield Town team, let's be honest, it was in decline. There was players there that weren't didn't want to play. They were overpaid. They weren't playing well. They weren't playing like a team. Things were going wrong. So let's assume they stay up. Then you can ask the question, have they done well? And I think the answer would be yes. If they stay up, the answer is yes, because they've achieved what they had to achieve. At that time, they didn't look good. Then if they stay up, it looks decent. Next season's the time you start to judge them because they've had the chance to build their own ethos, to get the, the players on board, get the players in that they want. Now isn't a time to judge. Now is a time to, to survive. Jamie, bring you in. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Apologies for my lateness. Good Hello, to be mate. here. Jamie? Hello, Dunny. <laughs> You're right. Very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being yeah. there. Like, it's good. It's good to be here. Jamie, what would it like? Getting back in a football stadium yesterday, Mecca's jealous, mate. Because as bad as Tottenham, <laughs> I'd love to be back in one. I, lo- I don't want to rub it in, but no, you know, for my own benefit, it was it was brilliant. Um, it was really good to just be in and amongst it, albeit on weird and strange circumstances. Um, it was something very different. But actually, once you'd got yourself set in a commentary position and all eyes were on the football, you actually forget that there aren't any fans in there because you're so fixated on what's happening on the pitch. Um, and actually, I found myself taking more interest and concentrating more on what was happening on the pitch as opposed to looking at what the crowd are thinking and saying and feeling. And you you can see more about the way in that game alone, how town were, were set up and, and actually what their game plan was. Um, so it was, it was good and it was also... Nice to see Matty and Oggy. Uh, Matty has somehow managed to find some hair from somewhere. I was absolutely really? shocked. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, when yeah. I first saw him, I didn't, I didn't know who it was. Transplant, maybe, yeah. Uh, I think so. There's something going on there. He, he reckons he doesn't diet, but I, I beg to differ. Uh, so, no, overall, it was uh, no, it was good. It was good to be back. Thanks. Brilliant. Pause. The game last night, let's start reviewing it a little bit. Dunny, how long can you stay with us, by the way? You've got a trade catch on another pub to get into or what? What? I mean, I've got another pub to get into. Mate, but, uh, just finish off with a little there. Uh, are we going to stay up, mate, before I let you go? Yeah, yeah. With with a bit of luck, 
I think with a bit of luck, because uh, uh, I think I think I think Town have done enough, but I think we are looking over our shoulders at what other teams do, and that that uh, that sounds negative, but I think it's the truth. We we've, mm. we we need other teams to fail. Donny, thanks for joining us, mate, and enjoy your pint or wherever you're going next. Thank you very much. That, I must apologise. I must apologise, but yeah, it's it's me and my friend. Literally, that tonight was our night to come out. We've had, we've done a we're on. We're on seven point seven. Is it seven point seven? We're on. We're on a lot of miles walk. We've done a few, a few <laughs> beers. We've had a laugh, <laughs> and we've we've put the worlds to rights. We've sorted everything, um, and 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 this has been the cream of the crop. So I hope you have a good night, and thank you very much for having me on in this in this uh, in this very uh, unorganised fashion. <laughs> Legend. Johnny. Cheers, anytime, Johnny. mate. Anytime. Thank you. All the best, mate. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Take care. Have Bye. a good night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this where it goes. It's still here. Opera beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm do you want to see, see a little bit of York? Because yeah, mate. Let's do it. Let's do I mean, this. Let's, let's be honest. Someone was it, Cosy? You called it out, didn't you? He's at the station. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> and he's not to catch a train. There is one bar in York. It's called the Tiffy Bar. Which my what bar? My mate's got um, a what bar? Oh no, TP. Oh, okay, okay. Like a TP. <laughs> my, uh, my my best friend, my best friend who I'm with is, uh, and this is the first time we've been out in in months. Has got um, asthma, so he, he can't. He, you know, he's being sensible about social distancing. So we've heard the TP bar on a Wednesday night. It's <laughs> absolutely dead. So we're literally finding the TP bar, and, and and I came on in line right next to the station. So I apologise for any noise. We were in a field <laughs> 10 minutes ago and now we're in the noisiest part of York. So, apologies. But have a great night. Cheers. Uh, from here we go. There we go. <laughs> That's an interesting bar, man. I'm gonna Do you want to say... I'm, I'm not being funny, but hold on. I'm going to have a jog here because I think this needs to be seen. Hold on. Mate, it's coming off bench. It's like Bradford. It's like Bradford. It's Noel Blake there. Give him a book. Ed him, what, don't he? That's what Noel Blake did. Knock me twos out. <laughs> don't argue with him. He's a, he's a tough lad. Look, right. Do you want to see where I'm going to be for the next hour and a half? Yeah, mate. Let's see it. This, this doesn't look too bad. Annika Rice move. Oh, wow. Oh, Look so at right, that. Dunny. That looks nice. decent. Decent yeah. gear, man. Marquee. Not, not bragging or anything, Dunny, there, are you? It's a, it's a cracking little setup there. I hope it's it doesn't rain, Dunny. It's not that I'm overtly proud of my uh, my home city, but... <laughs> yeah, man, that is quality. Thanks for joining us, mate. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Adios. Cheers, Dunny. <laughs> I don't know what, what to guy. say there. What, what a guy. That? Also, what did you think of the game last night? Let's throw it out there, man. Um, I mean, it wasn't a, as we've sort of come back from lockdown. It's not been the best, has it? So, if you put it in comparison to what we've you know sort of seen in a couple of games since we've come back, I won't class it as a, a bad performance. I mean, it won't uh, won't great, um, but we look we look good in in spells, sort of twenty minutes here and there. Um, to me, though, we never really looked fully convincing going forward. A couple of chances in the second half. Campbell should have probably scored when we put it in top tier from you know about six yards out. Um, but Wednesday for me, they always seem to have us seem to have us at arm's length. Um, good save from Lossell in the first half, and you know, I thought Wednesday's just edged the the chances uh, in the second half. They made a, a couple of subs about halfway through the second half, and it kind of changed game for them a little bit. They brought on. Can't remember the Lacrosse, did he? Was that his name that came on? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mixed things up for him a little bit. And, you know, we, we were one of them that we were probably always going to win nil-nil. They didn't seem too concerned about going for win. And I think um, similar to what happened at Reading, we got to a certain point in game and I think QPR equalised. Um, they were playing one of the teams down there, I can't remember who it was, the top of my head. But once that went to one all, it almost seemed that, you know, we were happy to then take a point. And we, we, you know, it's another game down without losing any ground on anybody. Um, I don't know. I think I think you mentioned earlier on Twitter, Cosley, about us lack of goals going forward. Um, I don't think the the formation that we play, you know, it seems to be a four-two-three. Pause. I've got some stats. Six out of the last eight. Eh, eh, duck yeah. eggs, man. No goals. I think it, it's, we're just so slow going forward. I, I, I don't think the formation suits the players that we've got. Um, you know, if it were me for the next couple of games, I'd be maybe looking to mix it up a little bit, maybe just go back to standard 4 4 2, Mounier up front with, with maybe Grant or Campbell around him, and, and just kind of maybe bypass your midfield a little bit more, go go a little bit more direct, and, and just try to get it into you know, especially against West Brom, get it get it into their you know, edge of their 18 yard box, have a look around, see if we can you know, fit fight for some scraps. Um, we just we don't seem inventive enough. There's probably only the Liam Neil Smith road that's got out about him. You know he'll pick ball up on half turn and, and run. Uh, and apart from that, I, after it seems probably Harry Toffolo's is only sort yeah. of outlet to run with it. Chris Willock he does all right. I want right wing when he gets it. He's, he's not the best. You know maybe a little bit harsh because he's only young. He's obviously still learning. Kachunga as always very industrial. You know he puts a shift in, but again not not he's not going to take a couple of players on and, you know, then winning top corner from 20 yards. So overall last night I were, I came out, I turned it off and I, I didn't, I want angry that we'd played bad. I want happy we'd played well. It, results kind of fell for us. Luckily Birmingham got a goal in 90, 90th minute tonight, which has stopped Charlton, you know, getting a win and going above us. So bigger picture, you'd mm. say it were a, it were a point, Gained really. Yeah. We've gone another game without losing any ground on anybody. So, in that respect, I think you've, you've got. To, if you are looking on the positives, that's your positive. If you're looking towards being a little bit more negative, then yeah, you can say it's another game without a goal. You know, we didn't really create a right lot. Very boring to watch again. But I get the impression that Cowley were giving a remit start of season to keep us up, and he's doing whatever he yeah. can to, to do. have a stumble across the line and, and get there. You know, it's not great to watch, but if it's a means to an end, do we just have to accept it? Yeah, Jamie, did you do the pre-match press conference with Danny Cowley on? Would it, would it be Monday? Uh, how, yes. How wounded? How wounded Monday. was he from from the Luton? Because there was so much flat flying about. I hope he didn't watch mm. this, by the way, on. Uh, <laughs> On Friday night, because it was we were quite uh, measured Sorry. to be fair. But how, how Sorry, wounded Danny, was he? Yeah. How wounded was he? And and kind of what you saw last night was was it always going to be that way that we'd kind of set up not to lose and pretty much part the bus mm. really. I think I think firstly there was a definite acceptance of the criticism that had come both his way and and the players' way as well. And you know, like yourselves on on this podcast and, and like. During our post-match as well on, on Friday evening, it was pretty clear to see and hear that uh, yeah, town fans weren't happy with with how they'd performed, and, and rightly so as well. It was a it was a pretty disastrous performance against the side that they should have been getting three points from when you look at the remaining games at that point. Um, so yeah, he was pretty accepting of that criticism. I think he's always been pretty accepting of criticism whenever it's come his way throughout the season, um, and it was yeah, I guess 
disappointing from his perspective that his players hadn't tactically, as he said, followed the plan that he'd laid out with Nicky uh, ahead of that Luton game. And, and that's where they they fell down against, as I said, a side that they should have been looking to get three points against. So I think there was certainly a, a response um, from maybe some of the criticism that was put their way in last night's performance. I think that there were players running for balls this time. There was there was tackles coming in. There was players offering themselves, particularly in the first half. And actually, you know, we said at half time that we felt it was a, it was a tale of two halves in that first half because actually the drinks break probably came at the wrong time for Huddersfield Town because they actually had quite a bit of momentum um, to start that game and and they they looked good. They looked good. They looked like they had shape and and it looked as if Hogg and and O'Brien, particularly O'Brien, who'd been given a bit more license to to move up the field, was was getting on the ball. And I thought O'Brien had a good game last night, actually, from my own perspective. Um, but I think yeah, I think you made the point earlier about Cowley give, being given a remit and it, and it does feel as if as long as Town stay up then he's you know been successful this season with Huddersfield Town uh, and if Huddersfield Town stay in the championship which I, I hope they do that I do believe and, and others might disagree with me that he is he is the right person moving forward and I guess that's the big question um, because once he's got a full summer now we know the transfer window times as well, which has come out today. Um, I think and I believe he is the person to to hopefully evolve and, and elevate town uh, from what's been a pretty dark two years, really, hasn't it? Brady, what about that save from Jonas Lossel? I'll tell you what it reminded me of. I bet you're going to know anyway. What did that save remind you of? It was Stamford Bridge, mate. Won it all over again. Yeah, it was quality. It reminded me of the, um, well, town actually did it, but the one against Arsenal as well. Um Quality. I mean, fair play to Lossel. I, I don't think he played that well in the Luton game, but he uh, more than made up for it. I mean, also the the save from Dela Cruz. I know it was offside, but you know it didn't look like it at the time. I think, um, yeah, I think t- touching on Cowley. I think it is. You you can't. The Luton game was disappointing, and you know take nothing away from that. I'm not going to stick up for that. Um, but. The, the issue with these players, and I was saying it watching the game last night, it, it's just down to the mentality. And I know Phil's talked before about um, having a, you know, a psychologist in and sports psychologist. To, to, you know, but, you know, again, with the, with the players we have, we shouldn't be in the position we're in. And I, when the Cowleys came, you know, we were, we were like Donny said, going to do a Sunderland and it, it did look bad. And I, I think they're looking at the squad and looking, you know, what we've got we've struggled to score goals for two three years now um, and I think the Cowley's tactics so we'll try and go for it um, and if it gets to like 20 minutes and you know we're not breaking through it's almost like um, we're just happy to not lose and I, I think it is going to be one of them where we seem to just be playing not to lose at the moment like the yesterday we just didn't really seem to get in any rhythm I thought we had good spells but I think I think we've been a bit unfortunate, really, in some respects, because we're playing teams who have nothing to play for. And yes, you're like, oh, well, we should beat them. But they, they can put less energy in just having people behind the ball and not really doing much. And I've certainly found that with, I thought, with the Reading game and, and uh, the Wednesday game, to be honest, it was almost like they're not that bothered. So it's just easier to defend them, particularly counter. You know, what I'd give to play whole, <laughs> you know, I'll keep it up. <laughs> I fancy my old Sunday team against Hull at the minute, to be honest, Brady. I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, 
Brady, before I ask Matt about Fraser Campbell's miss, because I know last oh, night... Oh, not me. <laughs> so, there must be some comments coming in. Especially uh, on Dunny's uh, pub crawl. <laughs> if not, <laughs> if not the game. Do you know what? I think we should have that every week. I'm, 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 Jamie sat there with his lovely branding of BBC Radio Leeds behind <laughs> him. And his BBC he Radio won't remember Annika Rice. He's only a young boy, is Jamie. <laughs> I know. I know. Stop, if, you, if you watch stop Challenge the clock, TV... Stop the clock! <laughs> she on Challenge TV or something? She was on yeah. something lately, wasn't she? would never she? say when Annabelle Rice Croft thing. took over. Matt, read some comments out, mate. Yeah, so thanks for everybody who's who's joined us on the uh, the live uh, live stream. There's around 50 people or so watching and, and listening at the moment. So uh, we'll get into some of your... Uh, your comments. So I've asked you about what you want, what you thought of the Sheffield Wednesday game and our chances of survival. Uh, Tom Asquith uh, says that we could have done with three points against Sheffield Wednesday and survival is going to be last day's stuff. Uh, Jared Mulligan makes a, a good point, uh, guys. EFL's decision on Sheffield Wednesday is this week, apparently, and we could see some movement or lack of movement in points. I, I don't Whoa, stop there. Jamie, were there anything coming out of Hillsborough last night? Any rumours or... The latest we understand is that an announcement should be expected towards the end of, of this week, potentially the start of next week. Um, and that was something that was reported by our colleague over in uh, BBC Sport in Salford. What that means in, ter- in terms of points deductions remains to be seen. Uh, that is the simple truth. Um, there are numbers flying everywhere at this moment in time, but there is nothing concrete in place. Um, and I, I think, you know, you, you have to, Fact that into consideration that we're talking about that. No doubt the Sheffield Wednesday players were talking about that before the game last night and very well aware that every point matters at this moment in time. So, you know, Huddersfield Town came up against the side knowing, like Wigan, that they need to get every point they can at this stage because it, it could be curtains for them come the end of the season. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't remain to be seen as to what those points are, but we understand that, you know, a, an announcement is expected at some point, either at the end of this week, as I say, or the start of next week. Did you get anything from their guys there, their media people? Chef, how are they feeling? They're feeling they're going to lose points or not really? A- Do you know, honestly, I, I didn't actually see all that many of them, um, uh, which was quite interesting. I, I expected to see more and I wonder whether or not they were positioned elsewhere in the stadium because of safety protocols and social distancing. It's a it's a weird one. You, you don't really interact with that many people once you're there because obviously you have to socially distance and, and try and keep your, keep your, your distance from other people. Probably because of what Oggy did in the playoffs to me. Remember when he told us that tale? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were aiming for him. What they're it was the best. The at. best bit about for that for me being at Hillsborough last night was I got to sit in the spot where Matty Glennon didn't realise what was happening. What was it two two or three years ago? So uh, I, I got to sit in that seat and relive that to his uh, to his. Um, yeah, he didn't enjoy that. <laughs> Tariq Holmes, Dennis with a jig of delight, man. Great days. Oh, Matt, any yeah. more comments? Yeah, there's quite a few coming through. So uh, Simon Lister says, uh, echoes pretty much what you've said, because he says a lack of goals worries him massively. One shot on target again last night, but several blocked, um, which were heading that way. Uh, Tom Asquith says, I'd love town to park the bus against West Brom. And Pete Collins says, town will beat West Brom. No need to worry, lads, oh. up the town. Um, I love it. Freddie you know, Cocker. would be like town to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freddie end Cocker up, says. End up, end up beating West Brom and handing Leeds with the promotion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Freddie Cocker says he's not confident about anything from West Brom or a point at Millwall. Uh, they might need to beat us for players. What he's baffled by is Cowley saying players are playing with fear. There's no fans. Uh, and a few others. So um, maybe that Lordy says maybe that Birmingham goal will just about save us. And there's some more coming through about um, rifts between the, the Cowley brothers, etc. And will the Cowley brothers be here, which we'll probably talk about next week, I think. Um, Ponte Terrace is out. We're getting the new kit Friday. Um, the Town Foundation are 
wearing the current one, I believe. So the Town Foundation is sponsoring, well, not sponsoring, but we're, we're wearing the Town Foundation uh, kit. Uh, well, the same kit with Town Foundation across it, I should say. Uh, and then that will be raffled off and all proceeds will go to the Town Foundation, which is uh, which is great, really, for uh, for the Foundation and for, for everybody that benefits. Um, cheers. cheers, Matt. Pause. Just want to... I always think your eyes... Your first judgment is your best judgment. And that Fraser Campbell last night, I sat, I just sunk in myself. I thought, that is a shocking miss. And you get it all the time out of behind him, this, that, another. I watched the replay and it looked an even more of a shocking miss. But a couple of people I speak to said, oh, it was coming at pace. Sorry, mate. That should be a goal every day of the week. Yeah, I must admit, on first viewing, uh, it did sort of look a little bit behind him. But, I, you know, as you say, I've watched it back a couple of times myself. And the more I watch it, the more I think I was a. I would have missed it. It's one of them, innit? You know, yeah, it's a bad miss. All strikers miss chances like that. He'd not long been on pitch. It was possibly his, well, his first and only touch, actually. I, to be fair, after he'd come on, I didn't sort of really notice him doing doing a right lot. But again, when you're playing as a lone striker, if the ball's not played into you, what, what can you really do? You know, apart from chasing defenders mm. down, looking for the ball, he's, he's not a lone target man for me anyway, Campbell, to be fair. He's, he's one of them little go up top with someone, which is why I think if he goes up front with Mounier and we, we knock balls in, we, we'll, we'll be a little bit more successful. You've got Mounier that can, you know, push and shove defenders around. If, if ball drops, Campbell's going to be there to, you know, to sweep it up or even if it drops to one of, uh, you know, an opposition player, he's, he's going to be in and around. He's, you know, sometimes mischanneled uh, aggression. You know, he puts a few stupid tackles in when really don't really need to. But sometimes I think that boils down to frustration if he's up there by himself not doing the right lot. It's frustrating for strikers, and you know it, it does tend to, it does tend to lash out. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange mentality at the moment because it is that close to end of the season. You know, we were chatting before. You, you we've played this way now pretty much all season. You can't see it changing, but you know sometimes a, a a dramatic change can also throw out your opposition if they've scouted us a little bit. You know they've seen what we can and can't do um, over the past. You know, since lockdown, you'd, you'd say if you were playing against town, let, let's get it wide, let's put set pieces in. They're not right good at defending them. If you saw all of a sudden come out and play in a totally different way, you know, you might just surprise them. You know, certainly, uh, you know, West Brom and Millwall, you know, get out, get out, get out, and get at them and, you know, mix it up Post, a little bit. Plus, what, what are your mates kind of thinking about Uddersfield Town at the moment? Because we get within a relegation battle, we get religious one season, but I'm meeting so many people and I'm feeling it the same. I, I'm bored. I'm bored, man. I'm watching you know, us. It's a really, um, it's a really strange situation to be in because usually in a in a relegation battle, you know, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, everyone seems to be in it together. Uh, you know, it's like, come on, let's all rally round, and we you know we all put us hundred percent effort in, and you know, crowd get behind them, and and we know fans there. You seem a little bit. I know it sounds a bit silly, but you almost feel a bit like one of these Liverpool fans or Man U fans that never actually go, and you just kind of watch it on telly. And as soon as it's finished, you kind of you turn it off. You're not as invested as what you once, you know, as what you once were. It's so much easier to to criticise and you know this were crap, this were crap, or that were good, or you know, I don't know. I think if everybody were there together, it, it might feel a little bit different. But um, I just think at the moment everyone's a little bit, you know, certainly people who I talk to. I, and me personally, I'll, I'll openly admit, I didn't think that I was as bothered as what I was. But actually, the closer it gets to end of the season and the closer we are to relegation, the actual more angry I, I seem to get about it, which is, you know, it's kind of that un, 
undivided love that you have for, for something that you, you don't think you care, but actually you, you really do. Um, I just think at the moment it's a little, it's uninspiring. You know, like I've, like I've said earlier, I think Carl is doing a means to an end. It, it needs, um, you know, just to literally limp over the finish line. But the big issue for me is then how do you rejuvenate this fan base over the, you know, before next season? I think the thing is, positive. I'm not boring with everyone with stats, but I saw one last night, horrendous. Since the start of last season, there's no team lost more games in English football than Huddersfield Town. 48 defeats. I don't care who you are, the most positive guy ever or what have you. You're going to be, how many kickings can you get? It, it's, you're just wanting it to change, aren't you? But it just seems to be I think, different divisions, same crap, doesn't it? I think the club as a whole, though, to be fair, needs, needs a mentality change. I mean, already we're having interviews from chairman and, and manager, you know, we're already sort of almost feeding it out to fans that, you know, we're disappointed that we've lost players. You know, we've lost Stankovic, we've not been able to sign in. We've, we've lost uh, Danny Simpson down to money. And it's almost like they're almost setting fans up to, mm. go, you know, next season, don't be expecting big things. It's, you know, we might struggle again. And, and to me, it needs, it needs to turn it on its head. It needs yeah. going back to what it was when, you know, the no limits. And That's all. We can do this and we can do that, but the core club has, has seemingly, you know, that, that works so long being like Luddersfield Town mm. until you actually get a little bit of success. And we got that success and they didn't change the mentality and it's, it's bedded it's in c- now, that mentality. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's got him pause. I mean, like last night, I thought, yeah, good point. The lead headline on the website should be something like, great point. But it said, Cowley, it was a competitive game. It's like, hang on a minute, Danny. Just because we got absolutely embarrassed by Luton playing a team that, you know, a Porsche for Wednesday. And That's what we should be after friendly, is that though? Yeah, it's it a competitive, competitive game. game. It's like, are we meant to be happy with that? And I feel like I'm turning into him a lot, but I just, I hate this talk. When we've gone from no limits, David Wagner, strutting about, going to Leeds, knocking him about, two wins. We were going everywhere, man, knocking noses out of joint. And now it's a competitive game, like four years later, and we should be happy with that. No. I get what you're saying, and, and you know, you other guys, feel free to, to jump in and comment on this. But I think after, and, and Jamie especially, because obviously you work in media and stuff like that, but... I think after the match, when when a question's asked about that specific match, I think a manager has to give an answer that's just based on that match. And and to to be perfectly honest, after watching that match last night, I would say we're a competitive match. If we we as fans probably invest ourselves in what's happened in six games before, if he's asked to, if Carl has been asked to comment on last night and said it were a competitive match, to me it was. Both teams probably matched each other physically, skillfully. 
nil-nil actually were probably a fair result. So I can see where he's coming from. It was, but my point is, don't put it as a leading headline on the website. No, put no, something like, would a point near the survival or something like yeah. that. that. That just sells a message to me that we should be happy with that. No. Yeah, I think sometimes media department at club don't do us any favours with the, the stuff that they put out and how they, they choose to put out. I, don't, I understand that a lot of them are, you know, fairly young and maybe not as experienced as others, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying in there, but as for Cowley, you can only comment on, you know, what he's asked and maybe the club should pick up on different headlines. Jamie, you're neutral. I, am I being asked? Probably I am really, but just I'm on saying how I feel. No, I, I, I think that's Jamie important. was on here. He was an adopted Huddersfield fan, so I'm not having, I'm not having <laughs> neutral, Jamie. <laughs> you're, yeah, well, I, I look, I think, um, I think there's a, there's a few things, there's a few facets to that conversation there. First and foremost, you know, and, you know, criticise me for saying this or not, but just just to stick up for the media guys at Huddersfield Town, they do do a good job. You know, they do do a cracking job in terms of the content that they provide and the access and the transparency at times that the club offer. Um, I can understand the frustration in that respect and in terms of the headline in that specific moment. You know, Danny Cowley, the separate facet now, you know, said after the game that he felt that it was a it was a point gained probably given the 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 context of the of the table at this moment in time and also the performance as well. So I can I can understand the frustration from the headline, but there's there's more to it than than just that. I think on another thing as well, you know, we talk about what Danny Cowley says, and 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 sometimes you know, I think I've seen a couple of things say, oh, you know, it's 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 repetitive, but but one thing that has to be factored into consideration, and I realise that that his main message is is speaking to the fans when he when he does the pre-match and post-match media press briefings, but. Also, it's a message that it sends to his players as well. And I know he has, he'll have discussions with his players in the change room. I'm not naive to suggest otherwise. But, you know, he's referenced the fact that there's always talk amongst fans and there's talk amongst the media and that builds up maybe tension for his players and things like that. And, and he has to maybe try and control what message he's been sending out to the fans that the players perceive to be as well. And, and you know, he does a lot of media after games and particularly in these testing times, he's very accommodating in that respect. Um, he does, you know, not only us specifically, but then he'll do a virtual press conference for the press guys. Uh, and then also he'll do the club media as well. And he is, like I say, he is very accommodating. And, and you know, I, I, again, I understand the criticism that's being put towards the, the Cowley regime at Huddersfield Town right now. And, and some people listening to this might think, ah, oh, James is just pro Cowley. But we get to have the conversations with Danny Cowley you know, before and after the mic goes on. And and let me tell you that, that he is someone who cares about the current situation at Huddersfield Town, maybe for himself, maybe for his own professional credibility, but also because he understands what I believe, you know, maybe others will think differently, but I believe he understands what this club needs and, and actually what the fans are going through right now because he is a football individual. We know that because he lives and breathes the game, yeah. you know, and, and he has made a lot of sacrifices to take this job at Huddersfield Town um, and others will say, well, he gets paid to do so. And yeah, I think they're probably fair to say that, but, you know, he has taken quite a bit of criticism of late. And and I, I think, you know, a point was made earlier about the, the players playing with fear at this moment in time. And I think that's probably more to do with it. And I think we mentioned about, I think Brady said about having a psychologist at the club and the psychology of the players. I think someone made the reference on the, on the post-match last night that, you know, Danny Cowley isn't a therapist. I realise it's part of management to, to get the best out of his side psychologically as well. But this is a side that is had, as you've referenced, Cosy, two years and if not longer of, of really poor times at the club, you know. And 
I think to put it at, at the Cowley's door right now is, is probably a, a step too far at this moment in time. It could remain to be seen, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think you have to ask yourself questions in respect to if Danny and Nicky Cowley hadn't come in when they had, would Huddersfield Town be in a fighting chance of staying in the championship? You know, And I asked that question and, and I, people, I think, would probably say overwhelmingly no. If Huddersfield Town and Phil Hodgkinson had stayed with Jan Sievert, would Huddersfield Town have stayed in this championship? I don't know. Probably not because... Yeah, what man, we that's, learned, that's what we learned, well, go on. Let me finish this point. What we learned oh, very quickly is that Jan Sievert, the nicest guy going, very charming, lovely guy to speak to as well, you know, and, and in my limited time with him, you know, this, this squad was not, was not fit. They weren't ready. They weren't, you know, set to a style of play. So... Cowley has enjoyed success in, in non-league, in, in League Two and in, in, in short term in League One. And some will say, well, he's not used to this championship season. What he's taken on is he stopped what is effectively a Sunderland at this moment in time. And I go back to the point again, and, and it's one of the main points I wanted to stress on this, is that if Huddersfield Town stay in the championship, which I hope they do, he, I believe, and I said this point again, is the right person to take this team forward because you look at the connections that he has in the game. Would Huddersfield Town have got Emil Smith-Rowe in January if Danny Cowley wasn't at this club? Probably not because of the connections he has with the Premier League. And he understands what this club needs because he's lived it, he understands it, he's heard what the fans have had to say and they've said a lot over the last few months and rightly so as well, don't get me wrong. But you need someone who can be consistent in the job, consistent in the position, consistent with the club and that is something that the club hasn't had in recent times, which is consistency and success in consistency. And that's, I realise I've gone off on one there a little bit, but that's the point in terms of, of Cowley. And I understand, I'll say, I understand the criticism that's come his way. And I understand that sometimes there isn't a plan B and there's like for like substitutions. And I think he'd probably accept that if you had a chat with him. But just stick with it at the moment. Don't twist just yet. There's some cracking points made there, um, Jamie. So that's that's really good. So we appreciate that. Um let us know on the, the live feed as well what you think to to the points Jamie's made as well. Uh on on there. Cosy, let's spin this around. So we're gonna I'm gonna I wanna ask you something. Yes, sorry, Matt. Before I I was just gonna back you up there, Jimmy, because you did you went down at the start, but the end of September we'd lost seven out of nine and with John two, we had won a match. So when he took over, so I was just kind of backing yeah. up there with your defence of Danny Cowley because I've said it many times, I thought we were doomed. Cheers, Matt. What's the question? Have I got uh, the question I was going to ask you is, so last night I was thinking, you know, I thought the game itself, we started the first 20 minutes quite well. I thought we looked quite lively. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday started quite well. And I think Jamie's right in that the, the drinks break kind of killed the momentum we had going into that. I, I fully agree with that. And um, I think the same happened in at Reading as well. The drinks break kind of came in. We, we seemed to sort of start well and not so much run out of ideas, but kind of seize up a little bit. I think that's kind of what's happening is, Birmingham, we got the the great goal at the start, and we cut. We've got the penalty, and Callum Grant puts it in. And you know, we saw like a loose performance. You know, people the confidence gains, and and we look so much better for getting that early goal. And I think once we we don't score on top early, I think that's where we kind of start to kind of tense up a little bit, uh, and that's what what we see. But I th- actually thought we finished the game quite well this time as well. Um, Toffolo was getting free down the left hand side. He put the ball across for. Um, yeah, I think he put the ball across for Campbell, but he, he definitely put a couple of decent ones in there. Uh, one thing that I was sat there looking, and I'm a guy who loves sort of sentiment in football as well, and Colin Kwan started warming up at one point. <laughs> and I just had visions of uh, him coming on. Yeah, him co- yeah, absolutely misty. <laughs> yeah, him coming on. 
<laughs> yeah, good old, he's, he sat there warming up. He did what I did on a Sunday when I'm a sub. He just he strips down and warms up and runs around in front of the manager like a madman for 90 minutes. And um, so Colin Kwana, would you have put him on maybe with with that fresh in your mind from three years ago? And um, obviously Willett came on. Would you would you have gone and given Paul a bit of a run? I'm not a tactical expert, Matt, but this is one of my frustrations with the Cal is just do something different. I can maybe understand it last night because we're getting a point for Wednesday and it's one of those, do you stick or twist? I can get it. But like a Luton Town, it, we were dealt we were. It's, it's like tr- a mental thing though as well, mate. Do you know like... Why kinda... Why don't we try something different, man? Because he can give you that. Just stick yeah, from, him from top. The, from the corner point though, the thing is if you bring him on, Sheffield Wednesday, I was saying, oh, last time he came, and came against us, he, he switched the game. And I'm just wondering from a mental point of view whether... I'm not saying it's the wrong or right decision to put Colin Quan on because, you know, you put Colin Quan on and he might have done completely nothing. But from a sort of sentimental and that sort of psychological reasoning, Brady, bring you in as well. Would you maybe have thrown Colin on and given him... I know it's academic, the game's gone, we've got a point, etc. But theoretically, would you have maybe thrown Colin on just for that sort of psychological boost? Or, or am I just talking nonsense and that boost just doesn't uh, No, I would I mean, I'm just saying, guys, I said this in the chat last night and uh, I got people kind of laughed at me. But, you know, I think... Kwan is going to, you know, I know he's not the best quality player we have, but he's going to run, he's going to work hard and he, he's going to, you know, offer something different. And I do think, like, given the way Town are playing at the moment, I feel like we need to win like a penalty, you know, to win a game. It, it seems like we're struggling to score and we need a bit of luck going our way. And I do think, like, Kwan is going to run at people, isn't he? And he's, you know, he's... Um, a tall player, like you know, he's quite he's quite physical as well, and I, I do think he'd cause defenders some problems. I I agree with you, Matt. I think um, in terms of changing it up and semi Ukozi, we had a you know we have we have five subs at the moment, and I just felt last night the tempo just kept like the rhythm just kept getting broken up by fouls or you know drinks breaks or whatever. And I do feel like you've got five subs, change it. You know, I know we're trying to play for a point, but at, at what point in, do you try and go for it um, and I feel like well you know like you say at least we didn't lose but I think if you've got five subs try and change it up try and, and I would have brought Quana on you know I know Pritchard hasn't done well since he's come back but it's just like he, he could do something and we do we do have some players who you know haven't really been given a chance and we've, we've got five subs so I, I do think just switch it up you know it wasn't that brings me nicely to the next point today's announcement Pause, come to you, a man of football ethics and what have you. <laughs> I know it's only maybe for one season. To be fair, the league's got to vote for it in, but it's going to happen. Five subs, I, I'm really disliking it. And, and I get it's player welfare, but I just feel that teams are using it for tactical things. Breaks you it, up, it, it Yeah, you want to think that, because part of me thought when I heard it, oh, it's good, then then people are going to try something Jack Odin, but as Brady's just mentioned there with the Cowleys, and I get it's our situation. He's not changing it, but... No, this. I don't want five subs. But then again, we only had one sub until God. I think I might oldest one. And hey, what were it? Nineteen eighty or whatever. And I know it's for the well, world, mate. <laughs> Euros, but what's your view on five subs? I wish they can it, mate. Personally, um, I mean, I, I think it's too many. I think, um, I think it, it, you you moved up to seven subs on the bench to pick from three. So are they going to move it up to more? There were still seven. It will be five from seven. There's no more subs on benches. There are, is there? I can't tell you the notes, no, to be honest. Same, yeah. uh, Jamie, were there? He should tell us. He could see. <laughs> Racking my brain now, trying yeah. to think. Uh, I, thought, I thought maybe I might be wrong on this one, so don't take my word for it. But I thought maybe one more player was allowed on the bench. But yeah, I, might I, mean, I might be wrong. I'm not wrong. They're limited to three changes, which is good because obviously you can't break it up 
five times. Um, I think it's in in some ways. I think it's uh, playing into the te- the bigger teams' hands again. It's if you've got a, a squad like Liverpool or Man City, for example, who can make five changes. Um, you know, playing against a team with with obviously not as big a squad or strength in depth might have a bigger squad, but you know, you see these hard for you know draws that little teams come up against big teams and they work hard and. You know, if someone like Man City, for example, set out a team and it's not quite working, all of a sudden they can change, you know. They've done that tonight, Paul. Three, half-time, three subs, they were 2-0 up. That's how it's going to be now, isn't it? Yeah, We've done it, the job, it, change it. Yeah, it breaks it up a little, a little bit for me. But also, on plus side of that, you know, managers make mistakes and they send out a first eleven that, um, you know, it don't quite go to plan for them. So if, if that's a rule that they can utilise to bring five different players on and, and change it, then, you know. Just break in, sorry, Paz, on, on the live chat. Um, I've just checked the live chat. Daz Humphrey says we had nine subs last night. Nine subs, right. Yeah, subs have obviously accommodated the extra, you know, positional changes. But just, just going back to what, you know, we were talking about earlier with regards to subs and stuff last night and certainly thought going into the last 10 minutes, uh, you, it's a, sort of a bit of a risk assessment in it that you've got to do quickly. And I think with way town are playing at the moment and there's lack of goals, I think probably we looked at it and thought, we're probably more likely to concede by trying to attack than score. So maybe that that's why we sort of didn't look at, at making a more attacking substitution. But for me, five, five subs is, you know, especially second half. You know, I remember going to watch England when I was younger and you used to be able to make as many subs as seemingly possible. Oh, and, and every 10 minutes, there'd just be a sub and there were no reason. used to kill the second half of every game, didn't it, when they did that? Don't mention it to Clive Tilsey, though, Paz. He'll be crying again on his video. <laughs> I mean, the only way that they could probably get around it is maybe say, yeah, you can have three periods, but, you know, one's got to be in first half, one's at half-time and one's in second half because you could theoretically leave all three periods into second half, which I know you can do with three anyway, but I don't know. It just seems a little bit overkill for for player welfare when these are supposed to be athletes. Jamie, are you with? I don't think there's any need for them. Are you with a five subs crew, Jamie? You're the new football brain. You're the youngest, probably on here. Sexy, let's get it changed, mate. Time out, time out, brother. The housewife's favourite, Jamie Rayner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would, I would say that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think it should be left as it is. Really, I can understand it for this period, but it, it does feel a little extensive extending it out to um, the next year. Um, I think just to echo the sentiment in respect to the bigger clubs um, that will do well out of this. I also think clubs that have, have got good academy systems in place and good good youth team setups in place will, will benefit from it as well because it gives them a, another pathway to allow those younger players to come through. And that might be a, a pro potentially, um, but I do think it will benefit other teams more so than others. And, and just to build on your point, Matt, I completely agree. I do think that Teams will look at, at trying to get the extra 1%, as it were, to coin a phrase from Danny Cowley himself. Uh, and, and actually, they'll, they will look at, at tactically setting up the game and try and frustrate the opposing side if, if they've got a narrow lead in a game. And, and from a spectator's point of view alone, you know, that really is frustrating. And, and you know, we've spoken a lot about VAR and the stop-start nature of that in, in the Premier League. Um, it, it just feels like it's an, an added facet to that. Um, albeit for a year. But yeah, I must admit, it, it does seem a little overextensive. Jamie, can you explain this transfer window as well that's come out of date? Not particularly the dates, but that interesting thing about the domestic window that stayed yeah. open. So can you explain it to us all, please? Cheers. Yeah, no, no, it's, um, it, it was, yeah, it was interesting. I must admit, it, it took, uh, it took my, 
eye when I saw it. Um, and and basically, yeah, I'm reading from my screen now, but yeah, the the obviously the the normal international window opens on the 27th of July. It then closes at 11 o'clock on Monday, the 5th of October. But there's a, a separate agreement in place for a domestic window to be open between the Premier League and the EFL, uh, which will run until 5pm on Friday, the 16th of October. But what that means is that, for example, let's use two clubs from the Premier League, Chelsea and Liverpool. They couldn't deal with one another inside that window a Premier League club could only deal with an EFL club. Likewise, an EFL club could only deal with a Premier League club. Um, so you can't uh, you can't deal with uh, clubs within the same EFL. So Championship League One and Two. Likewise, Premier League can't do in, inside their own league. And and I think the feeling is behind that is to once the international window is over, it gives particularly EFL clubs the opportunity to go into the loan market and look at some options to maybe bolster their squad. So I think it probably makes sense given the current climate. But again, like the five changes instead of three, I, I wouldn't want to see it be there for, for the long run. Um, but I, I guess it accommodates, as I say, the current situation. Well, did you get all that pause? I made copious notes because yeah. <laughs> unless it affects grassroots football, it doesn't matter. We no. We just swap them every minute, so it's fine. <laughs> I got a, a message today from a guy who does a Brentford fan scene, and, he's, and they were buzzing because they'd obviously won and put the pressure on leads. He says, I had to do a two-minute voicemail why we should be hopeful that you're going to get a draw against West Brom. And uh, I found it pretty difficult, but Matt, you obviously watched the game, and they weren't up, probably not at their normal standards, but surely we can't. I mean, you never know with town, do you? But you can't see it, can you, on Friday, can you, Matt? Um, I did what I did watch them for quite a bit against Fulham, and I found West Brom to be quite. I, I thought they'd frozen a little bit. I think they're feeling the pressure a little bit that Brentford have putting them under. Um, I think when you look at if thing when you break everything down and you remove the managers everyone's got in this league, and you look at players, just players on paper, which obviously football's not played on paper. Fulham and West Brom have probably got the two best sets of players in the league. You would argue, um, especially Fulham. I, I think Scott Parker's probably not done. I know the fourth in the league, but I don't particularly think he's done a, a great job there. Uh, you know, for me, is this year's sort of Darren Moore, if you like, where it's a sentimental appointment. And if they'd gone and got, a, a, you know, a more renowned manager, I think they'd have finished top two. But that, that aside, um, I, I did see sort of signs with West Brom that they were kind of tensing a little bit. But having said that, they've got players like Diangana, Pereira. They've got so many players of quality. Charlie Wapston, as we as we know from from days of your. Um, <laughs> We've, they've got so many players that can call and can just change something in a second. You know, you could sit there and you could put in the perfect defensive display against West Brom, and in the 89th minute, uh, Pereira can you know can drop his shoulder, beat three players, put it on a plate for Charlie Austin, and and you've lost the game. West Brom are a good side, and to get something against them, we would have to concentrate for the full 90. There's no there'd be absolutely no slips. You know, you, you've got to be completely on point. And, and, and maybe against the top four, you've got to play that way. But we got a point against Brentford and you would argue that Brentford are... Well, we got four points against Brentford, but at home, we got a point against Brentford with a nil-nil. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could do the same. Absolutely. Um, it just very much depends on nullifying those threats that West Brom have got. It depends on their rotation, whether they see us as a, a game that they'll pick up easy points, if you like. And... Maybe they'll drop, you know, Pereira and Diangana, and maybe someone else will come in who perhaps not quite as effective as them. Uh, so it, it very much depends on the side West Brom put out. The you know how at it they are, but 
if they're not 100%, then there's absolutely no way, why, uh, no reason why Huddersfield Town can't, if they play to their maximum capability, make it awkward for Brentford. And and you never know, maybe nick something on the break. That's uh, quite positive. Jamie's put me in a positive frame of mind with his uh, with his thing on Danny Cowley earlier. So, you know, there's, there's absolutely no reason why that could happen. Uh, I wouldn't give it a, a stronger than 50% chance by any, by any stretch, but th- there's no reason why Huddersfield Town can't perform well on the day. But... Uh, it's likely to be a West Brom win, but I don't see why we we couldn't, you know, cause a surprise. Really, how are we going to set up? Are we going to just like a couple of double-deckers and Grant maybe get one when Toffolo gets forward at one point? I, I can't see the other way, but, but do you think he'll surprise us? You can't see it, can you? It'll be, it'll I wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes for that West Brom game because um, he can't just like to throw in a bit of surprise, um, you know, some, something a bit different now and again. Um I think it depends on how we start. You know, if we if we look like we're up for it, um, I mean, I don't know. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. But you know, we have in previously in the season before the restart, um, we we were good. We were good against the big teams. I mean, obviously, you know, I think of that away away win at um, Brentford, where we just you know, well, you shit house them. Uh, you know, and we could do that. And you know, the pre- I agree with Matt. I mean, Billich, like Billich, the West Brom manager, was saying he feels like he's, um, you know, a therapist for his players at the moment. And you do wonder if you know Brentford look unstoppable, and you do wonder if the pressure's starting to crack to them. You know, could we take advantage of that if it doesn't go right for them? I think it just it you know it depends how long we can hold them out for. I think the longer we hold them out, the more I'd feel confident about it. Um, you know, and. Like I said, my prediction of Colin Kwana coming on and, you know, winning a penalty. That's, uh, that would be the dream. <laughs> so, Jamie, you're at Hillsborough, you're strutting about, getting your mask ready, obviously putting <laughs> your bl- blusher on and your makeup, and you just have a look at your phone and you're seeing Wigan 7 0 nil. What? It, it was incredible. I, I just bumped into that game and all the guys weren't even throwing their bodies on the line and nothing. They, they looked at him in the right trouble. How many? I think they've let in 80 odd goals, haven't they, Hull? Unbelievable. It's incredible, though. What a score! It, How can they come back from that? Surely they must be gone all. Well, that that that's the big question, isn't it? That you, you look at that scoreline and you and you think there's there are there are deeper problems than just that scoreline at that football club. Um, it was quite. You're right to say it was quite incredible. It was quite astonishing. We were on air um, in our first part of the build up uh, and, and looking ahead to what would have been dedicated build up from seven, and it was around about that what ten to seven, five to seven mark where the scoreline started to filter through. And one thing that you do get with, with no fans in the ground is you get an immediate uh, noise of, of the, what the press area is like. And and you could hear it just behind me off mic, the astonishment of, of other, the other press guys going, it's it's five, it's six. So I was on air going, you know, I'm not going to bring you a cricket scoreline now, but it is actually mm. six nil at the DW Stadium. And all of a sudden they had this almighty turnaround. It's seven, it's seven. And everyone like, get it right, get it right. And yeah, I couldn't I couldn't keep up with the scoreline. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I watched the highlights today and there were, and you know, they were just constant goals. So I couldn't really try and take much from the build-up before them to try and understand what was going on with the players and, and it clearly, you know, it, it got to them, it overwhelmed them. And um, funnily enough, I'd, I'd listened to um, Grant McCann's post-match interview uh, from the previous game uh, before that scoreline. And um, a good uh, colleague of ours over at BBC Radio Humberside, uh, Burnsy, as he's well known, um, gave Grant McCann somewhat of a grilling uh, in that post-match. Um, and, you know, you, you just, you think, goodness me, like, 
what 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 is what is actually happening at that football club? He's a good right guy, in though, Jamie. He's very honest. He's grabbed my can, isn't he? And I, and I was I was very impressed actually by the way he he handled that interview. And and yes, you're right. Yeah, very very honest and and, and upfront and and accepted that things aren't good enough right now. And then that was really qualified by the scoreline yesterday. Um, I mean, we were saying on air after that scoreline that effectively with the goal difference now it. it it takes town four points clear of them because you just can't really see it going that badly for Huddersfield Town in these last two games. Just to build on the previous point in terms of how I think the game will go this Friday, you know, to, to build on the optimism. But I do believe town do step up when needed against the bigger teams at times this season. You referenced the, the two Brentford results um, and there's also the Bristol City result before uh, the break and, and the win over Nottingham Forest I think I'm right in saying um, before Christmas um, and also we were doing some maths before I came on the pod this evening and actually from a, a Leeds perspective um, West Brom have to win um, because if they don't then it would take Leeds up automatically if I'm right in saying that's under the proviso that Leeds win at Barnsley tomorrow evening but I think there's more pressure on West Brom if I'm balancing the books there. And, you know, we've seen three clean sheets in the last four games for Huddersfield Town. Yes, they're not scoring goals, but they're not conceding that many at this moment in time. Jamie, be honest, you would have loved to have done that radio on the side phone-in last night. And <laughs> give us a bit of insight. It must, your phone-ins and stuff, because pod, our podcasts are kind of, we get more traction when when Town are not doing well. It's a bit of a, do you think it's just that reality of uh, people these days? That's exactly it, you know, and, and what's been really uh, reassuring from our perspective is that, like yourselves here on the podcast and, and when we do the post-match as well, that people know, Huddersfield Town fans know that they've got that outlet to to vent their frustration, vent their, their points of view and, and express their concerns and their opinions. And you don't need me to tell you that emotions are pretty high just after the full-time whistle goes, particularly if it hasn't gone your way. And to have that outlet, to be able to have your say, um, has been really encouraging for me since the restart because obviously more people are at home, more people are listening, more people are watching as opposed to being in the ground. So it's um, yeah, it, it's been it's been really busy actually, and and I suppose that's reflective of, of Huddersfield Town's current situation. And of course, you know there is no doubt there is a lot of fear and anxiety around what holds for Huddersfield Town in the immediate future. Um, but from yeah, from a broadcasting point of view and from a, a presenting point of view, it's been it's been great fun having such a, a busy phone in and hearing you know so many different opinions. Yeah, I saw you get that. There was something put out on Saturday, kind of a con- col- collaboration, if I could say, of like kind of whinging fans and kind of <laughs> got put on the Twitter. But what everyone's wanting to know, Jamie, the cricket season starts this week. <laughs> There's no games, anything. Johnny will give you the Saturday off. Are you going to put your pads on, mate, and have some distance batting and bowling? Do you know what? I was on air last night and I got the team news through um, and I was selected for this weekend, which I was overwhelmed by. Thank you. Uh, And then I got a text from uh, the assistant coach today saying that uh, you need to get your batting sorted because you're going up the order this year. So um, the pressure's on. I felt that more. I honestly felt feel more pressure about that than going live on air. Let me tell you, Um, I am I am bricking it this Saturday. Because uh, I've not held a bat since the winter nets, uh, obviously with everything that's been going on, so it could be horrendous. I hope they're not hoping for too much. <laughs> and it's, we'll have to listen to your show tomorrow to find out where you're playing. You're going to have to give it away, Jimmy, because everyone there'll be no football leads. Is it Sunday Town Friday? So everyone that's will correct. be flocking to your game, mate, to watch yeah <laughs> some cricket. Pause any up Friday night for you, or are you you're going to be tuning? In, got your clappers ready, got your town shirt on, and uh, where are we going to end up? Nil nil again. 
Uh, do you know what? The, we, as much as uh, I think we, we said it the other week, didn't we? we? We come on here after the bad games and you vent your spleen, as you know, as Jamie said, it gives you an outlet to uh, save you from volleying cat through front window, doesn't it? And stuff like that. <laughs> you, know, you should be doing that anyway, like, but there's always hope. That, that you want you jacked it in years ago if you're a town fan, and you, you, you know, there's always that hope you, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose, and in a few, you know, a couple of hours before the match, you say, hmm, maybe we might get something here, you never know. Because if you didn't have that mentality, there's just no point, is that you'd, you'd just stop following your club, but it will be tough. I personally don't think we'll get out. I think Millwall's probably his best chance, um, depending on how results go on Saturday, how close they are to the playoffs and stuff like that. But I think, um, as we've touched on, goal difference is like an extra point at the moment. Um, Wigan, uh, not Wigan, sorry, the bottom two play, don't they? Is it um, Luton and Hull play Saturday? Oh, yeah. uh, if that's a draw, you know, it, you know, it, it, that's in our favour, and then it, it goes down to at the last match um, if we can get a point against West Brom or Millwall I, I think it'll probably just we'll be crawling across that line on his hands oh. and knees on his elbow you know army crawling across but fingertips will probably just about get across the line and as we've touched on that for Danny Carley will probably be seen as as job done not in the most attractive fashion and probably lost a lot of um, enthusiasm over his abilities maybe over the you know past period since we've come back from lockdown but if he's you know looking to further his career it's a tick in his box on his CV and well in you know in six months time when we forget about how we played will fans look back and go do you know what actually he did a good job as you've said nine games in no wins and if he does keep us up you'll look back and think yeah all right we're crap football and boring but he kept us up so there's always a bit of hope though because you know oh mate if it goes next week everyone will be thinking 2001 Curtis Woodhouse we'll meet again that that was a good thing about the late goal for Birmingham and I just takes that away a little bit because yeah. oh man I, it just haunts you football's got that beautiful thing I just haunting you with certain things don't it? I mean obviously remember England penalties and stuff but I think yeah. Stephen Chicken put a thing out didn't he since what it's since 93 94 um, only one team who have been three points above the drop oh, no. the last two games have gone down and <laughs> it were us. No. So, you know. Yeah, we even got a point in the second to last game away at Wimbledon. I think we missed about five open goals as well. <laughs> I, I, we, we were saying before we started, weren't we? Some part when, admittedly, when Charlton were winning, we were saying this smells a little bit of 2001, this because we were struggling to score goals. We were quite negative, weren't we? In Lou Macari's style of play, I don't think we scored more than one goal in the last sort of. 10 or so I haven't got the stats in front of me at the last sort of 8, 9, 10 games I think we'd only scored one maximum uh, and it was starting to smell a bit like that but hopefully positivity is, is, is starting to rain through Posit- positivity Pos- positivity yeah Matt have we got any comments before we wrap it up final comments I'll, I'll read from the bottom because uh, we, we've probably gone a bit behind uh, behind then. Uh, there's one here for you, Jamie. Says uh, from Tweak. I think Tweak's had a few few beers here because he's sort of saying, "Go on, Dunny lad, mine's an IPA." Oh, I'm behind the live feed, by the way. And then, uh, and then he's put Jamie is bloody Schindler gorgeous, isn't he? So there's a <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one for you, Jamie. Uh, Danny Bell says, "Would you rather keep the five subs or the drinks break?" Uh, I'd drop the drinks break out of the two uh, if. Um, if we can't drop both, uh, I think that's probably a good thing uh, for yeah. me as well on that guys. Uh, it depends how we don't really know how next season looks yet. Do we? So we don't know if it's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and, and Friday, you know, every, games every three days. So I think as soon as that sort of three day for me, the three gate three day gap stops, then I think that's when the five subs and the, um, the drinks breaks, etc., should probably 
probably go down. But Craig Blyde says Wigan will get 49 or 50 points. The dangers are if Charlton get a point against Wigan, they beat us on goal difference. If Town don't get another point and Luton play Blackburn with nothing to play for on the last day. Um, and Tom Asquith says, I'd love to get Forestieri in with Mounier in the team. I think we would see goals galore. That's an interesting one. Uh, and Pete Collins says, we're bored because the, the season has gone on too long. I can't wait for it to end. It seems like years since Jan Sievert started the season. And I think I'd echo that. It does feel like it's uh, gone on for, forever, mate. And finally, we'll I'll stop scrolling up and uh, Ted Chippenden says, guys, the game could be up. The Millwall-Cardiff situation dictates whether we get another point or not, in my opinion. I can't see zero points being enough. Bad situation. Um, and, and I think that's probably it. Uh, the big man, Neil's been in touch as well. He says um, he's not happy with plan A um, and we don't really have a plan B either. Um, but hopefully Jamie's uh, passionate speech has, has given uh, given us all a bit more uh, a bit more faith in the, the Cowleys, I hope. Plan B, Friday half five, 20 bottles of lager before the game. Jamie's <laughs> dulcet tones. Did somebody say, just eat? Oh, Snoop Dogg, yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, no, whatever I thought. Look at Jamie, because... Uh, we were going through permutations of what you know league standings last night, and he was struggling. So as we get close to back end of the season, he's going to have to have a hell of a calculator to uh, keep. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get Snoop Dogg on next week for our fight for our <laughs> season-ending one. See if we can the get the best Snoop thing on. last night, Jamie. Well, they just come off the pitch. Jamie, were like going into his speech, and then he just got cut off for Snoop Dogg. But if you're going to lose your place, mate, in life, <laughs> the dog's the man. I didn't know that, and I'm I'm absolutely chuffed about it. Let me tell you, you did, you're absolutely yeah. right, That's Jamie. Yeah, some Go good on. maths last night as well, Jamie. There was some good. I think Matt Glennon was completely perplexed, wasn't he, by uh, the permutations that he came up with? He can't often keep up. You look at him; he's just a bit <laughs> lost in his. In it's his... an hairdresser, mate. Cuts hair. That's it. Had <laughs> a rush on notice. His hairdresser's open. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you should. Have. I could not believe it was him when I saw him. I, I was shocked beyond belief. I was like, "Who's this bloke with hair? It's Matty behind that mask." <laughs> it up and sticking it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. That pause. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Jamie, thanks so much for because you've worked overtime tonight. Thanks so much for joining it's a us. It's a pleasure. Much yeah, appreciated. You, and I uh, hope you get an 105 wickets on Saturday, mate, as well. <laughs> thank you, mate. <laughs> no worries. Guys, thank you very much. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening. And uh, we'll be back, I think, on Saturday morning, but we'll confirm. I forgot on to our, say, Cosy, I forgot to say uh, thanks to Magic Rock Brewing for, for oh. sponsoring us as well. So thanks again to, to Magic Rock Brewing uh, for uh, for being the sponsor of the podcast. And uh, again, check out the website for uh, for free delivery on orders over £40. And uh, check out the tap room in Home Firth. It's open and it's socially distant friendly as well. So uh, best get that in uh, for, for the guys no, who sponsor us. Those guys on radio terms and conditions. I could do jingles, couldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Jamie, your I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm available for radio leads for jingles if you need. <laughs> I'll have a word, mate. I'll have a word. Don't You've worry. got a face <laughs> for it, but anyway. Cheers, no, guys. No, 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 no. See you later. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 